What's up, everybody? This is Alyssa Amoroso, a.k.a. Publicity, who is ready to spill some tea. Because this is Tea with Publicity. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Tea with Publicity. I am so excited to be chatting with you guys today. This will be an audio-only episode because I did this episode on the go, kind of impromptu. Um, My guest, Lori, was in town from Canada, and um, we were meeting up just to kind of chat and catch up, and then we were like, do you think we could squeeze in a quick pod? She was like, I don't know, bring your equipment, we'll see brought the equipment. We're sitting outside at the one hotel, but I think it's such a fun chat because we're talking all about public relations and what it's like working on the other side of influencer and celebrity culture. Um, You know, the people that are pulling the strings, but not the famous ones. And it's really interesting. We dig into that. I also have so much to catch you guys up on because my life has been Go, 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 go. I have a lot going on. Um, But before we get into the episode, as you guys know, today's episode is sponsored by Macy's and it is Black History Month. So since signing the 15% pledge in 2020, Macy's has increased the number of black owned brands that they carry. Now during Black History Month and all year long, they're continuing their support for black creators, change makers and causes. Join Macy's in celebrating Black History Month and Black Brilliance by shopping Black-owned brands. And you could help fund schooling for students at historically Black colleges and universities by donating online and rounding up in-store. Learn more at macy's.com slash purpose. That's macy's.com slash purpose. And I'm excited to be working with a brand that is offering initiatives like this and partaking in something like this. So I think it's pretty cool. Um, Okay, into the episode. I have a lot of TV that we could recap. I don't know like how super caught up I am on a lot of it, but we'll do our best. I will get to that towards the end of the episode. So stick around after the Lori interview. I'll kind of do my little TV recap. In the meantime, I'll let you guys know just what I've been getting into. Um, I actually was in Joshua Tree this past weekend with my friends, Janet and Melissa. They both are married. They both bought investment properties um, in that area, and they're in the process of decorating them, and then they'll be airbnb them out. And since I love designing and stuff, I was like, well, I'll come we're off on Monday, so let's do it. And I went with them and we just had so much fun. We played games and we decorated and I just, you know, it's just good girl time. I'm still so new to LA, so any opportunity to get to know people more and hang out with the people I'm trying to say yes to because I just think it's really important for me right now in this like growing stage of my life. I also... um I think I'm hiring a personal assistant. I know I talked about this last a few weeks ago, maybe about getting a publicist. I'm all over the map, but I'm starting to interview for um, personal assistants. And that's something new that's happening over here. The podcast studio is finalized. I have someone coming today to help me with lighting because that's the one thing. 
I tried to do it on my own. And then I'm looking at the footage. You'll see next week's episode. Um, And like, we just don't look good. So I need someone to help me with lighting. Um, But other than that, like everything's kind of set there. I'm going to Costa Rica at the end of this week with my TikTok friends. Um, You know, the ones that you guys all see me hang out with. We're going to have so much fun. It's not a brand trip. It's nothing of that. We just really love each other and we love going away together. And if content happens, content happens. If not, it doesn't matter. We just want to be there with each other. So I think that will be fun. But I feel really unprepared because I don't have any summer clothes right now. I haven't had a chance to buy anything new. It's already Tuesday. I leave sometime this weekend, early next week. And I have so much to do for work. Like I've never had a to-do list as long as it currently is. So I'm kind of in scramble mode, but I always get stuff done. So I will be getting it all done. Um, But yeah, busy, busy, busy. What? um, Oh, I also went to the Outer Banks premiere. So I got invited to two Outer Banks events. One was the premiere of the first episode. And then one was like an Outer Banks festival. And um, I saw the whole cast and literally every single person. JJ definitely has swag. Um, Chase Stokes obviously is just like a beautiful man. You look at him and you're like, oh, I get it. This guy was like born to be a movie star. Um, Madeline Klein, all of them, all of the girls, stunning Pope. I can't say one bad thing about any of them. They all were unreal. But the person who really knocked my socks off the dad guy's ward is the most handsome man. Like he's handsome on the show. I loved him in Nashville, thought he was handsome in Nashville. In person, you're like, wow, men don't age like that. Like that is a handsome man. Um, so that was really fun. Yeah, I've been getting doing cool things, just saying yes to life more, going to more events here. Um, gonna start dating more. So stay tuned for that. Just trying to um live my freaking life. So let's get into the interview with Lori. I think you guys will really enjoy it and then stick around to the end because I want to talk about um, Summer House, Real Housewives of New Jersey and Vanderpump Rules. Okay, guys, I am here with Lori KPR, um, publicist, management, everything to Bachelor Stars, I feel like is what you're really like claim to fame is. I'm just so happy to be here right now. I just landed in LA maybe 15 minutes ago. And and here I am. Here you are. Literally sitting outside the one hotel, guys. So um, if you hear wind or anything in the background, that's why. But you're someone I've been wanting to connect with for so long. So before we hopped on the mics, we kind of just like spewed just getting to know each other. And I feel like what's so interesting about you is that like me, you're like an OG in the space. And now I feel like you've really cemented yourself as this like talent guru. And I feel like you have your own brand almost as like this talent management person in the space. You're too kind. You really are. Like people know you. I I feel like I knew you even years ago because you're just very hands-on with your clients and you work with so many people that are high profile and you do it all out of Canada, which is insane. 
it's crazy. People think all the time, you know, I'll get emails from companies and brands and talents and they'll say, okay, are you able to meet tomorrow, you know, on Melrose? (laughs) They all think I live in LA. And I'm like, yeah, I'm in Montreal. I'm in Canada in the snow, but I could be there, you know, next month. That's kind of the, the nice balance because you have like a normal life, but you also work in like a crazy industry too. So that's it. You know, when I graduated university in Montreal, I then moved to LA and I Mm. worked at a PR firm here and I had no life and I loved my job. It's really where I made so many of my contacts and I had the best time, but I was working around the clock because you'd work at the PR firms Mm -hmm. during the day and then you'd have the event starting at, you know, four or 5 PM Mm -hmm. and then you'd have to take your clients to you know, the gift lounges and the red carpets. And then you have the after parties and it was just, it was nonstop. And I remember saying to myself, you know, I want to get married. I want to have kids. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think I'd be able to be the mom that I'd want to be living here in LA with how immersed I was as a publicist here. So Mm. living in Canada, it really does allow me to you know, still, still work. And especially how the space has changed so much today, everything's online, right? Everything's on social media, even PR now, like, especially once COVID hit PR is on zoom now, a lot of the time Mm -hmm. it's podcasts like we're doing right now. Like I didn't have to be here one-on-one. It's beautiful to see you in person, but you know, I could have been back home. So it really works. It allows me to, you know, have the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. That's so, so true. And I feel like those early days in PR really defined my career and I'm sure yours as well. And I am going to write a book one day. I started the book, but I haven't finished it. And the initial like concept behind the book was, Uh, My initial like name was um, your name's not on the list because it was inspired by me working the door at events. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wait, do you remember (laughs) the club here? It was the hottest club back in the day. Lay Do? Yes, Lay Do. They went all the time on the hills. Yes. So Lay (laughs) Do was the hardest club to get into. There was a bouncer who was a woman with a cane there. And I'll never forget that she, there was hundreds of people trying to get in and she took her cane and she said if you're not a celebrity or a supermodel you're not getting in (laughs) and I was like okay that's what it was like back then and I remember like in that moment standing in 40 degree weather in New York outside a club holding a clipboard being like I'm writing a book because people on my Instagram at the time like thought I was living this glamorous life and I'm like no I'm outside the party I'm not in the party it's (laughs) It's, wow. It's crazy because we really are OGs. It was so different back then. And now... There's no iPads. There's no QR codes. No, and now it's so much easier to get into places. Oh, yeah. It's so much different. And it's like who you know, who you could DM. This was like, I got conned one time at the door. Like someone handed me a fake um, business card saying that they were an editor with the New York times. So, you know, as a young publicist, when the New York times shows up at your opening night of your party, you're letting them in the door. So I let this guy in the party. And I remember telling my boss, I'm like, Oh my God, so-and-so is here. She's like, which one is he reminds me? Like, what's, what's he look like? I'm like, Oh, he's the Asian guy. She's like, that person's not Asian. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? (laughs) Like someone like was just carrying around a fake business card to get into parties. 
I I believe it. I feel like I even once had a fake <laughs> business card. I'm not gonna lie. That's but so that, good. It, listen, yeah, it, it was the hustle. It was it the hustle. It was the hustle. And you know, everybody that asks me, how did you get to where you are today? Truly, it's it's not taking no for an answer. Yeah. It's knocking down those doors. It's emailing 24 mm-hmm. seven, and it's you're just hustling nonstop. It, so yeah. I'm still hustling today, but it, it's not the same type of hustle. It's different. How did you transition then from working in those early days to repping talent? So when I, so I, like I said, I lived here in LA. Mm-hmm. I worked at a PR firm here. I represented a lot of different celebrities then I moved back to Montreal, and I'm not sure if you remember. You for sure do because you're from New York. Mm. Remember Guilt Group? Of course, yes. Yeah. So I was the head of PR for Beyond the Rack. Oh, my God, Beyond the Rack. I feel like the references you keep throwing out are unlocking this thing in me. It makes I feel like, old. But I'm also just like, wow, I get memory unlocked. I haven't heard these things, but yes, I right. totally Right, remember. so for those of you that don't know, Beyond the Rack, it's it's still around today. Yeah. But it's an on, it was one of the first online shopping retailers. Yes. So before Bloomingdale's and Saks and Nordstrom's had online websites, mm-hmm. it was Beyond the Rack and Guilt Group that offered, you know, designer brands for less. Yes. Yes, it was almost like the outnet or like the real, real. Well, actually, no, because it wasn't secondhand, but it was like discounted luxury goods. Exactly. And so I headed up their PR. I was nonstop traveling. I was their spokesperson. I was on, you know, Extra and Entertainment Tonight and The View and we got into Ellen DeGeneres. So it was it was traditional PR that I was doing yeah. for the company, getting them in, onto various, you know, media outlets. Mm-hmm. And then... Twitter exploded Mm. and I remember Lindsay Lohan and Khloe Kardashian were like the biggest on Twitter at that time so fun and I remember going to the CEO of Beyond the Rack and saying I know who their reps are I want to contact them we need to pay them to tweet about Beyond the Rack Mm -hmm. because this is where PR is headed and he trusted me and I remember I think they charged at the time $10,000 for a tweet and you know today, I mean, oh, 100, the Kardashians yeah. charge you know yeah. hundreds of thousands yeah. for a story, but they tweeted and the website crashed. Wow! And it was really in that moment that solidified it for me how much PR was changing, and I felt like it was really going towards influencer marketing. Mm-hmm. And from then on, I started partnering with the Kardashians, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget. I had reached out to Kris Jenner. Because she is, just as you'd think, she is very hands-on. Like, mm-hmm. you're not talking to another manager. You're talking to Chris mm-hmm. when you want to, you know, when you want to do a deal with one of her kids. Mm-hmm. And I remember reaching out to Chris, and I wanted to get Kim to um, promote Beyond the Rack. And Chris just kept pushing Kylie and Kendall. <laughs> And I remember saying, they're like, you know, they're amazing. They're they up and wear coming. De- they're up and coming. They wear designer yeah. clothing. And I remember turning it down because yep. I didn't feel like that was beyond the rack's demographic. They were too young. They mm. were like 13 years old at the time. They're like, no, no, but they wear Hermes belts. Mm. And I was like, mm. I don't think that's our demographic. But, you know, in retrospect, yeah, maybe, maybe a regret because, you know, they are who they you are today. Know, but- 
I, yeah, but there's so many times like that. I had a very similar aha moment when I, so my first two jobs were in entertainment PR and I worked my, like one boss lived here in LA and we worked with like rappers and athletes. And I was very much like in that entertainment side of things. Then when I started working in consumer PR, because like you, you get that burnout from doing those events and stuff. You're like, I can't keep doing this. So then I went to consumer PR and I worked on Johnson and Johnson brands. And that's where the money was. Cause mm-hmm. I was used to being like scrappy. Like, so I would put on a full event on, for a 5k budget. Like I was so scrappy. And then I went to these big brands that were throwing million dollar events and paying influencers. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And why did we just pay that influencer $30,000 for like one little mention in a video and that was the light bulb for me where I also was like things are changing like the tides are changing and then I was working in PR and I I really saw that flip happen and I think the industry is like things are very muddled now like there's agents there's managers there's publicists there's social teams and they're all fighting for territory to be like no, I handle this. No, no, our team handles this. How do you kind of, how are you like a one-stop shop for your clients? It just turned into that, to, into that, to be honest. Yeah. And I see that because I, I do have certain clients that will have, you know, a manager and they will have somebody else yeah. and it, it gets messy, yeah. you know? So like I said, I started as a publicist and, um, I started working with, who was one of the first? I think it was Wells Adams that mm-hmm. I started working with um, first from the Bachelor franchise. And he was like, oh, well, I could use some help with PR. Mm-hmm. And I started doing, you know, a little bit of stuff for him. And then Vanessa Grimaldi, she's mm-hmm. from my hometown. She needed a publicist. And at first I was just doing the PR aspect and they had a different agent for social media deals and I remember where you know there was some deal that Vanessa got through the agency and then the brand came to me and Mm. it was like two different amounts so it was getting you know things were just murky it got murky and she was like you know we had such a great relationship she's like I wish everything could be under one roof with you and that's really where things shifted and I started Mm. doing both that's pretty crazy I I have a funny anecdote about Wells Adams. So (laughs) this is the oddest thing. When Wells season, no, was it his season? Not, maybe it wasn't Paradise. Whatever season he was on JoJo's. I just like have always had this weird thing where I'm really good at finding like doppelgangers. Like I'll be like, that person looks like so-and-so. That person, whatever. There was this kid in college who I was like, I was convinced he looked like me he was a boy and I was like if I had a brother it would be this kid like he looks so much like me and my friends would take pictures of us at parties and whatever Wells Adams (laughs) I was watching him and I was like that looks like my brother (laughs) everyone's like what and I was like he looks like my dad like I don't have a brother I only have a sister I'm like if I had a brother it would be Wells Adams. So it became this whole like shtick. I have to show you the picture of a side by side of me, my dad. Uh, You know what? I'm looking at your face right now. Wait, you do look like Wells Adams. (laughs) You're the female Wells Adams. I'm like, I literally look like Wells Adams. And everyone's like, what are you? Oh my God. I can't unsee it now. (laughs) It's like the eye. I have to show you this picture. No, it's the nose even. It's also the nose. The three of us. Like, I'm like, if I had a brother, like we look like we could be related. And it just became this whole thing. And then I had Derek on my podcast, who's friends with Wells. And I was like, Derek, 
I look like Wells. You're like, I'm well. Could we do a side-by-side side when you put uh, this podcast, yes. please? Okay, perfect. It's so funny. No, I can't unsee it now. This is such a my. That's wow. my, like, my funny little anecdote. So I always, for like, Wells, probably if he were to look back at, like, his DMs, it's just me tagging. <laughs> My in twin. My Hashtag twinsies. You're like my brother. I'm dead. Even my parents see it. Like when I put the picture side by side no, with my when dad. you bring it up, it's impossible not to see. It's so funny. So that next like, Halloween, go as Wells Adams. Oh my God. I just need it. Yeah, I'll get a Sarah, a Sarah Highland and we'll. Uh, on your way. So funny. But so I want to talk about like crazy PR stories or like celebrity stories. Crazy um, PR stories. There's just, there's so many. I mean, I think I've talked about this once on another podcast, but like some of the crazy, like you, there really are crazy fans out there. Mm. And one of the crazy ones, you know, a lot of my clients will put my email in their bios. So these yeah. crazies email me. Oh yeah. They come to you. Yeah. They come to me. So there was this one guy, he was a legit, Wall Street banker in New York City, and he offered a client of mine $10,000 for her used socks. <laughs> yeah. I'd consider Listen, it. I, br- I bring every deal to them. Yeah, I'd be like, mm. that is so funny. I'm dead. Yeah. I would have done it, I think. Um, she, she might have done it. Yeah, I mean, it was whatever. one of the lower trends. As long as you're not, like, sending pictures i'm like no. yeah sure half my fucking socks you weirdo no that but is I mean, so yeah. oh my god they really will find you for anything yeah. i got one time this is recent i never talked about this you know how like um influencers and people have cameo and mm-hmm. you could buy like a a cameo from them someone <laughs> this is like i don't know why i didn't talk about this someone wrote into cameo trying to get me to basically like sext them they were like hey could you please read the below script and it's like explain explicitly what you're wearing what you're doing while you're wearing it I'm like are you you respond back are you trying to pay me to sext you right now no I didn't do it I was like oh my god they tried to cover it up as like a fan message but they literally wanted me to like send them a dirty message wow I was like this is ballsy in the world of PR, there's no surprises. No surprises. Right? Like, just the craziest things happen. Like, I always say I could write a book. There could be a reality show about my company. People would not believe just the things that occur on a daily basis. And I feel like now it's interesting because I came from the world of not getting paid to intern. And, like, let's just say that's privileged because I was able to because my parents you know supported me to work and and not get paid internships but it wasn't a thing like if you wanted to work at like a Teen Vogue or an Elle magazine they would not offer compensation like it was just not there was no legalities around it back then whereas now like you legally have to pay your interns so I well when I same when I got to LA I first was an intern I was an unpaid intern unpaid I was babysitting the head publicist little teacup Yorkie yep and while she was you know off in Malibu at her beach house and I was like anyway I'm like I'm not getting paid enough but I'm actually not getting paid I'm I'm just thinking about another another crazy inquiry like <laughs> recently and you'd be surprised like this couple that's getting married in Mallorca mm-hmm. Spain asks Jax Taylor 
<laughs> to like officiate them. No, just to attend the wedding because they adore him. Wait. And offering crazy money. And, you know, I'll laugh about it with yeah. Jax, but like... We're not going to some random person's wedding. If the price is right, I'm going. We don't know (laughs) where we're going. I know. That's the thing. But yeah, there's just, there's, there's so many It's weird because it's not like he's like a performer. Like, it's not like you're paying someone for a service. Like, hey, come sing at my wedding. Do you know what I mean? It's like, hey, literally come (laughs) attend. (laughs) And I mean, Jax is, and he's funny. He's great. That is so funny. I don't know why you'd want him at your wedding. It's also, like, I feel like him in his heyday isn't, like, he's not as fun now, probably, as he was back then. Like, if you want to pay, like, a 25-year-old to come get drunk at your wedding, it's very different than, like, a dad. Wait, do you know what I'm well, saying? Well, I always say Jax, like, the 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 fans that know Jax from Vanderpump Rules yeah. is not the Jax that we know, right? Mm. Or the Jax that's the dad, the yeah. husband. He's very low-key. Like, I come to L.A. and I'm like... Please come out with me. Yeah, like can we go to dinner? Like, no, no, no. I'm not yeah. coming out of the valley. Like I'm home. Yeah. So he's a homebody. I know people will will say, "Oh, she's his publicist. She's gonna say stuff like that because they really see Jax in a different light." But no, he is. Uh, yeah, I was at like a an event at Schwartz and Sandy's, the new bar that they opened, and Brittany was there, and I was like, "Oh, where's Jax?" And she's like, "He's home watching Cruise." And I was like, "Wow, what a nice husband. He's home with the baby." Like, oh yeah, and that, that's like the the vibe I got just from like briefly he's an amazing he's an amazing dad like that's one thing I'll give him that Brittany could go away for with the girls for a weekend to Vegas or go back home or or you know if she is she came to New York Fashion Week Mm -hmm. with me in September and you know he he watches cruise since since he's a little baby some fathers are scared to change the diaper to put them to sleep he's a very very hands-on dad well it it's like it's so funny how someone said this other day they're like when moms watch the kid all day it's like oh okay that's their job and then when dads do it it's like oh my god he watched the baby as if it's yeah. like wild wow, he's and- amazing yeah, it's like no he's literally just taking care of his child <laughs> but yeah I agree like it's nice to see dads that are hands-on and I think it really changes people that's the thing like some people become parents and it really like settles them like my brother-in-law I was nervous because he's he's a little like robotic we joke he's like stiff He's the most lovey-dovey with his with the kids. So sometimes with people, it just like softens you a little bit as like a person. Um, okay, I want to talk more about. So you work with Vanderpump people, Bachelor people. Is there Love Is Blind too? Love is oh yeah, New Love shows, Is Blind. Yeah. Is there any show that you're like I'm obsessed? Like I would love to work with someone from this cast. Oh my gosh. You know what? I've recently, because my whole life Mm -hmm. has been all about reality television in the last, you know, seven, eight years. I've finally gotten into, I don't want to, I'm not putting down reality TV because I freaking love reality television, but like I've been introduced to real television. Like like actual scripted TV. Like just Amazon Prime shows, you know, like I watched tell me lies mm, I, I could do a whole podcast on that show yeah but oh, you know what show I loved um did you watch on Amazon Prime the summer I turned pretty did you yeah. watch that show yes I did loved like right. that would be fun to work with one of those like but up that's and what coming. I'm talking about I'd love to work with yeah. one of these up and coming um you know who I would love oh my gosh I know 
Ginny and Georgia. Oh, yes. Yes. One of those girls. Yes. Ginny or Georgia. Because I would it's love like to work these people that are kind of like fresh and new in the space and like it's yeah, that would be really fun. That's a cool goal to have to like work with someone that's more inscripted. I feel like it is different. Um, do you find or I'd love to wa- I'd love to rep Jennifer Coolridge. Cool. But that's <laughs> cool. But that cool. But that's aiming really high. That's really Yeah, but I love her. Oh, I um, adore her. Do you find I'm curious about this. Like I think when I've met people the bigger celebrity, the more humble. And I find that like the less influence, the more like their nose is kind of turned up. Like that's just a perception Com- that I've I, I completely agree. And you know, it's it's interesting that you say that because I've met some really big A-lister yeah. type celebrities and like Justin Timberlake mm-hmm. or I don't know, I can't even think at the top of my head, but for take him for example, you know, and he's huge and I had met him when he was really in his prime Mm -hmm. doing his tour and everything and I remember thinking like wow like that's Justin freaking Timberlake Mm -hmm. and we were at an event together I think it was at the Chateau Marmont Mm -hmm. and we were sitting outside and we were sitting actually we were sharing a, a pool lounger chair and he was like lying on it and I was at the edge. Don't know how I got to the edge, but, <laughs> but we were just sitting there yeah. and he just like started talking and he was just super normal. And mm-hmm. he started asking me questions and I told him, you know, that I had twins and his son was the same age mm-hmm. as my kids. And he was like, oh my God, do they run the house? Cause my kid just runs the freaking house. And it, yeah, like just who Down am I to, to Justin Timberlake? Yeah. And he was just so nice mm-hmm. and um, yeah, he just, it surprised me because you don't necessarily think that big stars like that would be. That's been my experience. Like having worked with really A-list people at events and then meeting, going to influencer events and meeting influencers. Sometimes I'm like, and it's not everyone, you know, it's like you can find nasty people. I joke in any job or at any level, but sometimes I noticed like when I was working the red carpets, it's like the people from like a reality show that had been on one season acted like more of a big shot than the person that's been on like 15 seasons of something. A hundred percent. And even when I hear things like, I think this was going around in pop culture, like James Corden mm. being, you know, rude to the weight, rude yeah. to the weight. Like it's upsetting to hear things like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. you'd like to think that, especially once these people make it so big and they have so much money and they have so much opportunity that they'd be a little bit more humble and, mm-hmm. you know, know what it's like for other people that have not, you know, don't have what they have mm-hmm. and don't have the power that they have, that they'd be a little bit more, you know, respectful. But yeah, I know it is. It is interesting. I had one. I'm trying to think where I've had like someone be rude to me. One time I. Oh, I had somebody. <laughs> All right. Remind me. To re- okay. One time. Mine's quick. One time I was working the door at a party and this like guy walks up and I'm like, what's your name? Like looking on the list. And he looks at me. It wasn't ASAP Rocky. I think it was like ASAP Ferg. There's like a few ASAPs. And he's like, I'm fucking ASAP. What? I-? And I'm like, okay. Sorry. He like screamed at me for not knowing who he was. And I was like. You can't just walk around expecting people mm-hmm. to know who you are. You know what I mean? Like, it was so rude. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you could come into the party. Wait, you're going <laughs> to like this story. So I must have been 16 years old. 
I was in LA and I was with two of my girlfriends and we went to the standard hotel with our Mm -hmm. fake ID because, you know, in the States it's 21. Mm -hmm. And I remember we were standing outside the the standard and I saw Eddie Cibrian. Yes. um, What's her name? Married to Brandy Glanville at the time. And I remember Eddie Cibrian. He was so hot. Yeah. And I mean, 16 year old girls, we were just dying from him. And we went up to him and we were like, hi, like blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, Brandy Glanville comes out and she's like, why the fuck are you talking to my husband? Oh and we were so, it was just the scariest moment for, Stop. we were little girls. We were just excited to see him. And she was, she was like angry. Oh my. And she was, yeah. It, it's it, it's it, very on brand. It's very on brand now, you know, in retrospect, yeah. seeing her on the housewives and all that. Oh but my God. Yeah. I remember I was in Atlantic City for like, who knows what, like as people in New Jersey do, you go to Atlantic City on a weekend, I'm like 21, and (laughs) there was this like guy at a booth and there was people crowding and me and my friends were like, who, like, why why is everyone crowding this booth? And we walk up and we're like, we asked the bodyguard, we're like, who is that? And he's like, it's Robin Thicke. And this is before Blurred Lines came out. So like he wasn't on the map again Mm -hmm. yet. And... I'm like, oh, Rob and Thick. Like, it must be a two-person duo. <laughs> Stop. Because <laughs> Rob and Thick was there with a friend. And everyone was crowding around. So I figured they were a two-man duo. So me and my friends are in, like, the booth all night with Rob and Thick. He's wearing, like, a leather jacket. I remember we're blackout drunk, rubbing his leather jacket, being like, it's so soft. Is this Italian leather? Oh, no. <laughs> He's smoking, like, cigarettes in the club. And the next day, I put up a picture with him. And I write in my Instagram caption. It's, like, 2012. It's, like... Me and Rob and Thick, Like, as if he's literally a two-person duo. And my mom was like, Paula Patton's husband? Like, he's not. Like, that's not two people. That's one person. Rob and Thick. He's that a celebrity. Is, that's too good. <laughs> that's amazing. Rob and Thick. Uh, to this day, I never changed the caption. It's, like, somewhere in the archives. I'm like, it's just so good. I, I, I'm still laughing because before we did this podcast, <laughs> you were telling me how when you met Clayton... <laughs> in oh. the office at Barstools yeah. and suddenly after that you had to marathon his season had because to. he was that hot. Do you, you know how everyone thinks that PR is like so contrived mm-hmm. and sometimes it's really not that deep? People weren't DMing me being like you just you made up this whole trope like that you didn't watch a season until you saw him because I got an interview with him after the season and it was all in a week's time it's like I saw Clayton I binged the season I interviewed him it was literally all within a week and someone DM me being like you just fooled us all you pretended not to know him so you could build you could drum up oh like my press. god and I was like no like a cons- I li- a conspiracy theory <laughs> conspiracy. I wow like, I was like no I literally saw his six three muscles and I was like oh he's but, hot but that's what we were saying and I was telling you the <laughs> one thing that's so shocking about these bachelor guys is they actually don't look anything the same in person they're that always they do hotter. On the they are so much better looking yeah. in person. They're so tall. They're so, so tall. muscular. Their skin is amazing. Yeah. You know, I, I just remember every time I meet a client for the first time, it's always so interesting to me, you know, to, to see them in person. They, it's like you get why they were cast. It's like completely. And even with speaking with them, they they have so much charisma. Yeah. Like Matt James. Oh, yeah. He has a lot of in charisma. Pers- in, have you met him in person? No, but... Me and Amanda, not skinny but not fat, have a whole like ongoing joke about Matt James for years. Because one time I saw him on a city bike, it's been it's been a whole no, saga. No, no. So <laughs> you just keep seeing these bachelor dudes. <laughs> um, so Matt James 
is amazing in person. I've he heard, is yeah. hilarious. He is so warm. He's so engaging. And then, you know, like on his season. Well, that's your show. hundred percent. But that's what, it, that's what the yeah. fans are really seeing. Right. But no, I guess you see him more on his social media. He's just, he's amazing. Matt. But it's like, why don't the shows, why don't the producers want to make their leads more appealing? They make them like dry toast. I'm like, give us, show us the personality. Show us the personality. Show us the relationships. Yeah. It's become it's, it's too a, gimmicky. Exactly. Like they have to typecast the villain and yep. that's that whole thing. And then there's, yeah, it's just, I don't know. My PR take on The Bachelor, which I always say, and I've been saying this now for like four years, is that there's too much producer intervention. Like it's too obvious when there are, on Bachelor in Paradise and it's someone's birthday and all of a sudden you come out with a cake and they're like I made you this cake it's like no we know production got that from the kitchen and gave it's too obvious it's like as viewers we're not as like dumb as we used to be so I I will say you know it's interesting because I work with a lot of yeah a lot of the team from the Bachelor franchise and I've worked with Vanderpump for a very yeah. long time the way they film are so different yeah with Vanderpump it's really just having a million cameras in the space but there's no producers that are pulling you to the side every two seconds exactly they do their interviews and on the bachelor they call them the um itms mm. they do their interviews on vanderpump at after um filming yeah, is end completed the at the end of the season whereas with bachelor they're constantly pulling them out into the itms to interview you how are you just feeling how is it mm. but i will say the bachelor is real the relationships that you do yeah. see from the show the fights that you see on the show they're real it's not that i don't think it's real i think you could and this is with all reality TV. It's like you facilitate real drama. So, for example, if they know you and I are beefing and we're on The Housewives, they're going to sit us next to each other at a dinner. Exactly. So it's more like that. It's like not like we're actually beefing, but we have to talk about it. Whereas like in real life, maybe you just talk shit behind someone's back. But now like you're confronted, like you have to talk about it out loud. So it just becomes sometimes for me, certain shows like the housewives, I've actually stopped watching because I like to watch TV as like escapism. And when I'm watching grown women, like ripping each other's hair out, screaming, it gets I'm crazy. stressed. Yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to relax. And like, I feel it's too, stressful for me sometimes like lisa rinna and kathy hilton yes like it, oh my but it's such good television it is but it like sometimes for me it feels like too much almost i'm like oh like i gotta take a break that's why i watch like mtv shows like i watch just like chill i watch reality tv that's like harmless i like competition shows so that's where, when you say, you know, something that's a little more relaxed, that's where like I bust out million dollar listing. Yes. I love that. Um, the competition shows, I was very, very into Big Brother. I love Big Brother. Um, but it, that fan base too could oh, be they're extremely, crazy. extremely I think toxic. they're the worst. I, I want to say they probably are. And I like the challenge. So I've never watched the challenge in my life. Fav it's my favorite reality TV show really? of all time. And like I need to see your clients on it. I think it's, you know what I like about it? it? There's drama, but it's like honestly really intense, like competitive nature. And I like the competitiveness and like every episode's a cliffhanger. And for me, like that sucks me in more than just like watching people scream at each other, right. you know? Yeah, and so you work with um, Hannah Goodwin, right? Hannah Godwin. God, oh, it's yeah. Godwin? Godwin. And Dylan, and they just announced that they're finally 
getting married. They are. I'm really happy for them. Like, I'm so excited. I think that they're adorable. Like I, I just, you know, and I say this to Hannah all the time. I'm like, I cannot believe you're marrying somebody that you met on Bachelor in Paradise. And she's like, I know. It, it's wild. I know because it's like they make so much sense. So much sense. But they almost don't make sense that they met in that setting because they're almost so normal, I feel. I just think it's amazing that they got through that because, mm-hmm. as you know, especially years ago on that show yeah. it's not easy filming that watching it back going through you know the motions yeah. with the fan base and and all that but they have always been such a solid couple and they're they just they make sense like you said yeah you know? they really do they seem like just they seem like really genuine people that's the vibe I get from them they just they do their own thing and I yeah. think that's what works for that, mm-hmm. That's what really makes it work. I think when you have two bachelor people that are kind of doing the same exact thing and competing True. for, you know, the limelight in a way or both had podcasts and I'm not thinking of anybody yeah, in particular. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but You know what I mean? Like Hannah does her thing yeah. with, you know, her modeling and her brands and her influencing yeah. and her clothing collection that I'm actually wearing right now. <laughs> so cute. The SETI sweatshirt. The sweat, but, it's actually yeah. an app, right? So SETI is an app, yes, and then she came out, which is a photo ed- editing app, but then she also came out with a, like a sweatsuit, cute so loungewear company. The reason I wanted to ask you about her specifically is because she's someone that, like, I think really took what she did from the franchise and made it into a brand and, like, a presence. Like, she posts on YouTube. She posts on TikTok. She's really, I feel like, been business forward in a, in a positive 100%. way. 100%. And something I will say about Hannah is that she's naturally very creative mm. and she had a love for marketing and photography before she was even on The Bachelor. Yes. So, you know, she she just has taken everything that she loves to do that she's passionate about and has made a business out of it. And she's 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 doing great and that's why it seems authentic I think because you could tell who has a love for it and who's just doing it to like post an ad post an ad Mm -hmm. exactly like she feels influential naturally she's just she loves fashion she loves beauty she's the girl that legitimately is trying all these different products and Mm -hmm. you know she loves to share that information um and that's that's what I think it is. She's just she's super super authentic. So she's not even though yes she posts ads of course yeah, but she won't post an ad if it's a product that she doesn't stand by totally. or love or use. And I know that we've probably heard that a million times. No, I get but it. It really is the truth. Yeah. And how do you? And then we'll have to wrap soon. But how did you like? How involved are you in if your client wants to create a brand? And do you push them to do? Do you push them to kind of like not just do one-off deals and be like, let's like, what could we create? What could we build that has longevity? So we do a hundred percent. Everything that I do, I try to look for the longevity out of it. Um, Every client is really different. So sometimes it's a book that they want to write. Another time it's a clothing company or it's, there's just so many different aspects and it really highly depends on what, you know, the client's passions are and interests is. But 
Um, yeah, sometimes we'll be very much involved in the process from A to Z. Other times they are doing it on their own mm. or with, you know, a different management team. So at the end of the day, you know, I want to see my clients succeed and yeah. I want them to love what they do and make money while doing it. That's always been my motto, you know, really the goal try, in life. That's the goal. Like do yeah. what you love and make money out of it. And that's when it comes across the most authentic when people are like genuinely talking about stuff that they like and they're proud of and happy to do you know um okay that's amazing this was fun this was so fun I didn't want to take up too much of your time because I know guys she is like such a true like talent manager over here her phone is blowing up I'm like I don't want to take up too much time (laughs) I know that's why wait here let's look Maddie Pruitt (laughs) Rachel Kirkinell Okay, guys, let's spill the tea. Um, I am caught, caught up on Summer House, and I think that my feedback is not any different than any of yours. I think we all kind of have similar thoughts, which is that the casting is a little bit weird in terms of the female to male ratio. Um, I just don't really understand why they felt the need to bring in so many new women when we have really strong women characters and we haven't had any mainstay guys. Like they could have brought Luke back. I know Andrea didn't want to do it, but even if they brought Alex back, I'd rather see someone that's quiet back for a second season than having this weird dynamic. Um, So that's kind of where I landed on that. Um, I think there's a lot of chatter around Lindsay and Carl and this and that. And I mean, I'm never going to say anything bad um, because I've met all of these people. I just think, and I don't even have negative thoughts, um, but I just think that they're in a different place of their life. And like, I understand I'm kind of in that place in my life. I don't really think I want to like go to theme parties and drink and I'd be in bed early too. So I can't blame them. But I think, again, it comes down to casting. It's like casting is cast, casting is having someone new come in who's 25 and putting them with 40-year-olds. Like, obviously, there's going to be a weird dynamic. Um, so I don't think it's any of these characters' faults. I think the show needs to I don't know. I don't like when shows do that in general. Like even the new girls on The Real Hostess of New Jersey are 32, 33, and then the older women are 50. It's like, it just creates a weird dynamic where it's like, you would never be hanging out in real life if it wasn't for this show. So why are we forcing this? If you want to do a cast rehaul, then completely do a cast rehaul. Don't do this like 50-50 shit. I just don't think it's a dynamic that works very well. Um, Speaking of Real Housewives of New Jersey, I put up on my Instagram stories, like, are you team Melissa or team Teresa? And the people that were team Teresa, I was like, I don't understand, like genuinely. (laughs) Oh, excuse me, I have hiccups. I'm like, I need you to explain to me why you're team Teresa. And some people had some pretty good arguments, but all in all, I just have strong opinions. I think that Louie is pulling the strings a lot. Um, This week, that stuff came out with Joe Gorga and Joe Judice in the Bahamas. They like ran into each other and Joe Judice, sorry, Joe Gorga posted it and was like, 
you know, we saw each other and we were happy to see each other. And then Gia chimed in and Gia was like, you're an opportunist taking this opportunity to see my dad and posting it, it on social media after you publicly bash him. And I did understand Gia's point a little bit, um, just as like a protective child, I would probably feel the same way, but it's just so messy that this is all public. And it's just like, I don't know. Then Teresa's hanging out with Jacqueline Larita. I feel like we're back in season, the first season that Joe and Melissa joined. We are back to the drama. And I think Louis instigating it because he went on Watch What Happens Live and he could not bite his tongue. He had nothing nice to say. And I don't like that. Take the high road, my dude. So that shit's messy. Um, Vanderpump Rules came back out. I don't really have any strong opinions because we're not really, I feel like the storyline's really focusing on like Raquel and Peter right now. And we're not in it as much with like the other cast members. So there's nothing really to say. I could have told you from day one that like Raquel and Peter weren't going to date. Um, But it's okay. It's all fine. You know, like I enjoy these shows. I watch them. Um, Summer House and Vanderpump Rules and Real Housewives of New Jersey are all on at the same time. And ironically, those are like the three Bravo shows I still watch. So I have a lot of TV these days. Um, I also watched Perfect Match on Netflix. Ooh, I think there's more episodes out today. Um, I'm really liking it. It's cast members from different reality shows coming together to date. They literally stole the concept from Are You The One on MTV and are just making it a Netflix version. But I love it. I love a good competition dating show. So that's what's on my watch list. That's what I've been up to. And that is the tea. I will see you guys next week. I have an interview with a friend of mine who I think you guys will love and know. So we will chat then. Thanks for tuning in.